JV Knowledge Podcast Network. On episode 93 of the InsureTech Geek Podcast, talking about IoT, MGAs, and risk with Chad Hollingsworth from Insight Risk Technologies. The InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by JV Knowledge, is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives into specific tech we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. And we are here with a good friend, and now an old friend, because we've been friends for many, many, many years from uh, both of our construction days, Mr. Chad Hollingsworth. Of the Hollingsworths of Connecticut, I think. James. I think that's where you guys are all from. Isn't that where you all are from? Connecticut? That's where we're all from. It's good to see you again, buddy. <laughs> good to see you too, man. Welcome to the Insure Tech Geek Podcast. Of course, you've been on my other podcast, Content Crew. I recently handed that podcast over to my very good friend and co-host, Jeff Sample, who's been killing it, doing a great job running that with everybody else. But you and I know each other for some time. We built some really cool tech, uh, both both companies. Uh, we, we, we exited in various ways. <laughs> and so so uh, we're both sitting over here in, uh, in insurance, building more tech uh, and building insurance companies, which is it's kind of cool. Um, are you in where, where are you at today physically? Yeah, so I'm, I'm zooming in from uh, Westport, Connecticut, where our office is. Yeah, cool. I'm going to be in New York next week. So uh, it would oh, be. We should. Just try to meet up. I think I'm landing in Danbury, Connecticut. Oh, that's like 20 minutes from my house. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's actually, it's a, it's kind of a funky landing. I don't know if you've probably read about it. You research all these things, but you have to come and you drop in over a hill. I've done it before uh, with a buddy who's a pilot and yeah, pilots love landing there because it's super technical. <laughs> yeah. We like anything that's, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> over water. Put hills in, you know, make make it interesting. You know, it's a when it's all flat. You know, usually I go into West Plains or somewhere like that. It's uh, yeah, pretty su- surprisingly easy. Although, of course, flying in, into anywhere in the New York area gets uh, gets gets uh, gets interesting really fast. But um, I'm looking forward to getting over to your neck of the woods, Chad. Let's talk about you. You come from a neat family. I've met your uh, some of your family. Uh, and you built, uh, I just want to talk about this. You built a sensor company before, and I always like telling the story because you actually built a sensor company for high school football to detect collisions. You were trying to, you were trying to solve a problem that turns out a lot of people didn't want to solve. And that was concussions in high school football. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. And it was actually, uh, you know, we built a great product to, to try to quantify head impacts and, you know, we had a lot of success in getting research to use it, but struggled to commercialize it. And it was actually through pitching that product to insurance companies, which led us to pivot into the construction space, um, which is how I got involved in construction tech and always kind of built products after that point with the lens of how could we create data sets or new features that could be used for risk management or, or loss control and it's kind of coming full circle now that I'm uh, you know, actually starting an insurance business around tech. So it's funny how the world works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all circular. Yeah. It's like uh, Battlestar Galactica. This has all happened before. It all happened again. You know, you end up you end up circling back on what you know and what you lean on and all the things, the lessons you learned in the previous businesses. And uh, it was it was interesting because, you know, just because you can solve a problem doesn't mean people want you to solve that problem. That's kind of what you experienced in high school football. Yep. You know, where they were like, hey, if we know about the problem, then we have to do something about it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we're taking an ostrich approach yeah. to this issue. Gotcha. This describes it perfectly. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, but the reality is that insurance companies have a lot on the line. They have a strong incentive to find out about issues early and to deal with them. Uh, in particular, water. Water. I have a recent example of this. I have some rental properties, and and my, my I had a ice maker water supply line leak. Mm. It caused immeasurable amounts of damage. Yeah. <laughs> it was measurable. Yeah, but it was a lot of it was a lot of damage right. from a little tiny water line. And I was like, I don't ever want to own an ice maker ever again. I mean, literally. Yeah. So you find out how much damage something small can can wreak on a building and you know the insurance companies are like no we want to know about that and we want to we want to do something about that so you after after leaving your previous company a couple of years ago you've been doing a lot of consulting and in 2021 you co-founded became president of insight risk technologies so insight risk is an mga correct that's right yeah we're an mga uh focused on the property and casualty markets and doing some really innovative things on the business model and and the and how we're uh, underwriting as well. So we're pretty very excited about it. Yeah, and your website says reduce water damage losses by up to 90%. Of course, you're using IoT and tech to get that done. It's not just a different checklist to give the insured when they underwrite, correct? Yeah, you know, we've really kind of looked at the water damage problem in builders risk is where we started. And the reason for that is, you know, the co- the amount of water damage as in relation to loss is about 50% of all the losses and builders risk are, are from water. And there's a lot of sensors out there that when deployed correctly can eliminate a lot of that and alert to that and let someone intervene so you don't have what happened with your ice maker where you were probably gone for a few days and it just yeah. just went unchecked, right? So, and it's really kind of a severity play, right? If you can reduce those big ones, make them smaller, you can make a huge impact. And we're, we're really focused on how do we get this technology in the hands of the people who should be using it? And when you looked at the the market, you know, we saw a lot of the, the a lot of the financial benefit from this would be from the people carrying the risk or underwriting the risk. But yet they don't innovate in a way to to make it easy for people to deploy the technology. Um, and so we've really focused on the, the three areas that we see as lack of adoption in the space, which is who pays for it. You know, first off, we do we 100% cover the the cost of the tech, the install. Um, who implements it? We customize a water damage prevention plan with the insured and uh, install the sensors and uh, make sure it's set up properly. And then who monitors it? Uh, we also offer that as a service as well and, and partner with our vendors to do so. So make a turnkey solution for the people that, frankly, who are building complex buildings. And as you and I know, being in the construction tech space, a lot of, don't, a lot of time, they don't have time to, to learn a new technology. Now, and the last thing they want to do is pay for something that they're never going to get paid back for too. And that's the other really big challenge is that the the payback's not there for a lot of the people that would actually implement it. So you solve that problem, you know? Exactly right. Yeah. It's a, you, you've got to align incentives. Yeah. <laughs> if we're going to, I, you know, we talk about, in construction, we talked a lot about incentive alignment because there's a lot of misaligned incentives in construction. I mean, hell, in all of business, in the whole world, there's a lot of misaligned incentives. I mean, let's talk about another really fun misaligned incentive. How about this one? When you are buying a house, your broker is commissioned off of the top end sales price, which means that for every dollar you negotiate this, the purchase price down, they're hurt, which means that they are not incentivized to help you. Right. <laughs> it's, there, there's a lot of examples like that around that uh, you just look at it and go, man, that business model sucks. Yep. And when you, you know, you've been in the same boat that I have, you've been selling hardware and software, kind of hard to sell hardware and software on a standalone if you have to prove they get the ROI. 
hell of a lot easier to sell it if it's just bundled in with an insurance policy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's it's something I tried to do in my, you know, when I was running Triax, which is, you know, I kind of looked at how do you go to market, you know, in the in the commercial construction space. And the one thing it always came came back to was the people that seem to touch the contractors the most regularly from a financial perspective are their insurance brokers. And I always struggled to, you know, I was like, all right, this is the key, right? You you get the brokers to pitch your product and and that's how you get in the door. But a lot of these insurance brokers, they don't understand and shouldn't write by their job description, shouldn't understand all these new technologies. So essentially what we've done is we've built the tech into the insurance program and that's what they're selling is insurance is a better insurance program for their, their insureds. And that's, uh, you know, that, that that's exciting to us, right? Cause I think we can apply this model across other technologies and other lines of business and drive a lot of tech adoption in a space that's still very much, you know, hand-to-hand combat, project by project. <laughs> it's like one of the best ways to describe that. Yeah. It is hand-to-hand combat. It's tough. I was going to say enterprise contract and construction tech is just a license to hunt other projects, you know, for, for most of those accounts. Yeah, it can be tough. It can be really tough. Let's Let's talk about, like, how this actually works. The insured, which is the building owner, right? Building owner or general contractor. Or the contract. They're coming to you through their broker because you you do not sell direct. I didn't see a direct sales channel. So you're selling only through brokers. Correct. So you're not trying to be a digital direct-to-consumer MGA. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're working through existing channels and distribution. They go to their broker. You, you sell brokers on quoting with you. They quote with you. Condition of getting the policy is that you have to put the sensors on the site, correct? Correct. But they're not having... Yeah, we actually put them on. We put them on for them. Correct. Yeah, you're... Yeah, you're you're doing the installation for them, so they have yeah. to consent to having them. And uh, if it if it breaks, you have to go repair it. So that way, you have a data feed on every single property, every single construction site you're insuring. Correct. You receive the data. You manage the claims. You manage the policies. You know, typical MGA role, right? You're a front for the for the for the pa- for the paper that's writing you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have power of the pen. You're quoting, binding issuing their certificate, going on site, installing the sensors, and monitoring them as well. Correct. Yeah. And insured has access to that data as well. Absolutely. Yep. We, they, part of the condition is they have to have multiple, you know, managers or superintendents of the project that are going to be getting the app and text message alerts. Uh, what we're funding is the, the sensors that can alert and detect temperature, humidity, uh, and water intrusion. Um, and it's still reliant on someone intervening. So we need to make sure if something goes off on a Saturday when no one's coming back until Monday that they're getting alerts and people respond to them. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't do a lot of good uh, if you get all the alerts, but don't have someone to go shut the water off or deal with it. Right. Yeah. Right. So they've got to agree to participate and respond when there's a, a water alert. That's correct. And actually, in our experience, most of them really like having it once they once it's all ter- you know set up for them. Right. They 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 like getting the data. They check it regularly. In our our uh, one of my co-founders has done this for the last six years on a number of uh, construction projects around the U.S. and actually found going forward after doing one project, the insured would come back and say, look, it just sent it to me. I'll, I'll set it up myself. Like I'm, I'm really into this now. So it almost, it converts them, right? It's, it's funny when, when you don't have to pay for something and you're getting a lot of benefit and, you know, making sure your project has a better chance of finishing on time. And in the world we're living in now with supply chain issues, if you did have one of these big claims, like could delay you months. So 
there's a lot of benefits to the the contractor owner developer uh, to make sure the asset is delivered on time and in good condition. What lines are you writing to begin with? Is it just property builders risk? I mean, what what are you what are you writing for now? Yeah, our first program is in uh, commercial construction uh, builders risk. So we're focused on middle market construction projects, twenty five million to one hundred twenty five million uh, in construction value. Um, we're licensed in forty eight states. We have a number of brokers appointed uh, that are you know, mainly focused and have big books of business in this space. And we're currently just focused on fire resistive construction. Obviously, the the wood frame construction market is a completely different animal right now. And it's pretty challenging to, to get capacity in general for that. That was our starting point, right? As, as you know, and some of your listeners probably know, an MGA is only is only in business if they can get good capacity. Yep. And this program that we built together, you know, was designed to make sure we attracted the best capacity partners possible. And we were able to do that with Munich Respecialty, which has been a tremendous partner of ours and, you know, has shown a lot of belief in, in our business model. So we're excited about ultimately writing bigger projects as we grow and build out our capacity and uh, ultimately we'll do other lines as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's excellent. And certainly they have a lot of capacity themselves and, and are, are pretty savvy, but it's nice having MGA partners that can experiment with a new business model that they don't have to go and, and modify their core, core offering in their own company too. There's, there's, there's some benefit to someone to partnering with someone like you for them, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what I've found being, kind of more deep in the insurance world the last year and a half, building the insight risk, is a lot of innovation really is happening at the MGA level. And I think yeah. there's clearly a, a a recognition by the executives at a lot of the large carriers that the way they're set up from a cultural standpoint and regulatory standpoint, it's hard for them to truly, you know, try something new. There's always a some baby steps and a you know couple steps back, step forward, and it is nice to kind of be in the space that people look to 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 innovate. Okay, so builders' risk and water sensors are obviously not the end of this road; they're just the beginning. So, what what can you say? And I recognize that some of this you you can't comment on, and I don't want you to comment on things that are in the works but not committed and not ready for public consumption. So, what's ready for public consumption, or what are you comfortable talking about with the area? You're obviously licensed in 48 states, so let's assume your continental 48 or your geographical target. So, let's just talk about lines of business and sensor networks that would make sense to expand to from here. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're looking at some some new loss control technologies to be able to underwrite uh, frame construction. You know, we're putting some some innovative solutions together for that. We're looking at some things in the property space around some new IoT that'll be coming to market. In addition to you know using the same water IoT we're using now, you know, we have some some plans to look at some things in workers' comp with wearables. In addition, you know, I think there's some exciting things that could be done with some reality capture technology that we're looking at. Um, so. There's a few areas, you know, we don't want to be a one trick pony. We see a really broad application for a model that essentially finances loss control technology as part of the program. And we're going to do our damnedest to to expand that to as many lines as possible. Yeah, that's great. I mean, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, once you start building the infrastructure, how much of this are you building? Are you actually, uh, obviously you're not getting, you're not going to be a manufacturer. It's too easy to find contract manufacturers of sensors. You're not going to do that. You've, you dealt with hardware and a lot of <laughs> things around hardware and you know the pain points that exist in being a hardware company. So you're not going to be a hardware company. You're going to use other people's hardware, correct? Correct. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah been down that path and, uh, you know, yeah, did that. <laughs> that, yeah got the t-shirt. Um, but so, you know, I'd say we, we are vendor agnostic, but we are pretty selective in the vendors that we work with. 
There's a few that we more or less are going to be white labeling technology from, but they provide the whole infrastructure. They've got a full stack solution. And, you know, big thing for us is, you know, what's the, what's the balance sheet of these companies, right? We've seen some of these companies come and go, and we don't want to be in a situation that is, you got a site that the vendor went out of business halfway through and, and you're scrambling, right? So what we will be doing is probably building more on the, the data aggregation and software side. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to take these data streams from these different technologies that we're essentially the customer of and aggregating that and, and doing some analytics around that and, and who knows where else that, that could lead. But that's where I do seeing us making more of an investment. Awesome. So uh, there's other companies doing similar things in, in different lines of business, like over in uh, in Comp, you have the SafeSite guys mm -hmm. that uh, that formed Foresight, mm -hmm. right? And are tying in safety software with comp policies. This appears to be more of a more of a trend now where you're trying to bundle technology, loss control services and risk management and the insurance policy all in one, right? So do you think that that's happening because software and IoT are maturing enough and insurance markets are really opening their mind to the concept um, and seeing the improvement in loss ratios? Yeah, I, I think that this is a big piece of it. You know, I also think a lot of these technologies now are, I'm not going to say commoditized, but the, the price point's gotten to a place where you could do something like what we're doing. <laughs> You're going to get a strong nod on, yeah. from me on that right. one. Yes. A lot of software and hardware has been commoditized. Right. Yes. And I don't think you could have done that, you know, five years ago. You know, I also think that... Well, cell networks are cheaper, low energy, 5G, right? I mean, cell networks have dramatically improved, chipsets have dramatically improved, mm -hmm. power consumption, batteries. Like, there, there's a lot of underlying tech that this stuff works on. We we say, oh, yeah, we're just going to deploy a sensor network to a job site. I mean, dude, five years ago, that was a really big deal. I know. <laughs> I was there, man. I was I mean, one of the first guys doing it. <laughs> I had, like, one of your first versions yeah. of your previous company's product, of, of Triax's product, in my office, and it, it was some pretty proprietary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of effort, you know, IP went into that. And, you know, I think what, what's exciting now for me and, you know, in the insurance space is there is so much low hanging fruit that I think could be picked with a lot of technologies that are pretty mature. And the one piece that I don't think a lot of people talk about enough is a lot of these technology companies, they don't understand insurance. You know, they, it's very, it's a very opaque world to someone who hasn't tried to navigate it. And that's kind of where I've been and you've been and, and Inside Risk has a foot in both of those. And I think there's an opportunity to, to put a lot of pieces together on the underwriting side and with some of these tech companies that may be sitting on data sets or, or solutions that they don't realize the value and, and you can help them unlock it. Yeah. I mean, mashing up tech and insurance can be really challenging. We see a lot of the um, last few years digital MGAs that were really trying direct to consumer plays. And when you really dug under the covers, there wasn't a lot of really innovative tech under the covers because they were just they're taking an off the shelf claim system, off the shelf policy system. They were putting together a pretty slick website and making quoting, binding, paying easy. But other than that, it wasn't it wasn't something that was just like earth shattering. Whereas when you're when you're really upending the entire model and saying, hey, we're gonna deploy hardware, software, monitoring services, and we're going to drive your loss ratio down by like, you know, your losses down by like 95%. That's a revolutionary concept to me. Yeah. And, you know, if you look at, you know, how most insurance companies work, right, you have 
$100 of premium, they tend to allocate about 60 of those dollars to losses, yep. 30 for expenses, 10 is hopefully profit. The money's in the losses, right? Like, if, and, and, and most, most people, I think, focus on how do we squeeze a few more points at that expense ratio. And with the first generation InsurTechs, they, they kind of followed that grow at all costs model and they're paying for it now because they under, underwrote a lot of really bad business. We're, we're really focused on underwriting business that we can improve the loss ratio. Yeah, which means that business that you understand. Right. And, and it's a much more sustainable business model, in our opinion. That means that you have underwriters and loss control folks that really have a comprehension of how this works. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, because you still have to make good. You have to make good decisions. Yep. Yeah. Are you building dashboards? Like, what what tech are you building? I understand you're assembling tech that's that's made from you know other places, but uh, what are you actually putting together yourself? Yeah. So we put together uh, an agency management system with a partner out of London. So we customized a, a agency management system that's you know for our builders for this program to start, but can be scaled into other other lines. Right. We're going to be building some um, software to aggregate on the the data side of all these different solutions we're going to be putting in the site. And, and I think ultimately we'll look at doing something around the, uh, the claims process as well. Um, so we're, we're earlier on that side where, you know, we've been in market underwriting the last eight weeks and have a number of quotes out and starting to bind some deals. So it's exciting early times, but we, we know we have a lot of work ahead of us, but we're really, really pumped about the traction we've been getting to kick off. So brokers are excited enough to be writing policies with you. Yeah, a lot of brokers, you know, we've that's the one thing we haven't talked about yet, but they're in a challenging environment too, going back to their uh clients saying, Hey, your your rates are going up again and uh, your deductibles are going up and And not by a little bit, like by a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by like multiples, right? And there's a lot of kind of frustration around the water damage issue. You know, there's very high water damage deductibles now. Some of them are in the, the six figures and it's only going up, but we're bringing a turnkey solution to that where instead of a lot of kind of confusion about these sensors that are out there and where to get them and how to pay for them, and we just eliminate all that. Um, and, and that's, um, you know, what a lot of brokers are very excited about is they can go to their, their clients and say, look, like I've got a better program finally for you. Everyone else is going this way. These guys came up with a better way to do it. And it's also going to help you deliver your project on time. Does that allow you to get more competitive on pricing then? Since you're since you're moving the needle so much on losses, are you able to are you able to get more competitive on price and deal with that? Yeah, we we will. Yeah, I mean, we actually have seen we we can be around market right now, and the amount that we're kind of absorbing of the tech is is about the equivalent of a fifty percent reduction. If you were to have to pay out of pocket for that tech, it's about fifty percent of premium. So that's a huge savings alone, right? Yeah, because they're on, they're not having to buy the tech, right? Yeah. We're looking at doing some innovative things around the deductible uh, as well. But, you know, our mar the market response to date has been pretty, pretty strong, even just kind of being priced at market. Yeah. Well, they're excited to have any capacity in some regards mm -hmm. and uh, to have some choices and options. All right. Well, let's let's wrap with this final question. What are you excited for in the future? The next 10 years of insurance, construction, sensors, data, what are you really geeked out for? Like, are you are you uh, fired up for automated underwriting or you know, like what, 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 you know, auto adjudication of claims. I mean, what are you stoked about? Yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, I think insurance can really be the catalyst that finally puts a lot of these IOT solutions into the mainstream. Um, I think a lot of them have struggled to, 
to find that fit within insurance where there is a huge financial stake. And if we're just talking construction, it can be, you know, an average 4% of the build costs. Yep. Finally, tying the technology piece into that, I think is really exciting because you're going to actually push a lot of adoption of tech. The more tech, the more data, the better you can underwrite, the better you can settle claims. It all ties together. And, you know, I see what we're doing is essentially being one of the, the catalysts of that. That's great, man. Well, always good talk. Any 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 uh, closing thoughts? Where can people find out more information and about about the company and check you out? Yeah, we have a website, uh, InsightRiskTech.com. T E C. Someone took the H, so I've got the InsightRiskTech.com. <laughs> yeah, freaking domain names. It's the worst part of forming a company these days. It is, is the damn domain names. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I had to do a super non-standard TLD for my domain for for uh, Terra because Terra is our claims and policy software we've built, and it's uh, Terra.insure. Okay, and. Uh, and so I, I was like, you know what? Let's just go with a super non-standard TLD. Love it. I'm not I'm not going to bother with .com, .co, .io. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, Even all the .aais are getting taken up now. So they are. They are. <laughs> I have uh, I have terraclaims.com. I have terrapolicy.com. So I do have those, and we'll use those as a redirect. But it's definitely definitely been interesting uh, interesting times in the domain space for sure. I'm glad they allowed for non-standard TLDs. Certainly made our yeah. job a little easier. So the uh, the domain name for those of you who are interested is insight i n s i g h t risk r a s k t e c dot com and of course you can you can buy insurance from them through your broker yep not direct from them uh but definitely ask to be quoted out to them because uh you'll end up with some sensors and software and everything else bundled in with it rather not just a set of recommendations but actual action that's right well we're going to show you the future right we'll bring it we'll bring it right to your front step and and do it for you and do it for you <laughs> any of your listeners like we're we'll be at all the major conferences itc army so if they're they want to meet in person feel free to reach out yeah and you can hang out with me there too we'll hang out oh, good time. you going to army this year i'm gonna be going to a few of those conferences i'll be going to itc uh -huh. i'll be going to a couple other conferences cool. probably not at army this year but uh I'll, I'll be at a bunch i'll be at a bunch of other ones uh coming up uh, around around risk for sure rams and all the all the usual suspects, national work comp and disability, and then Good. you know got the work comp insurance, WCI. You know I'm big on I'm big, I'm big in comp, so uh, also got some big property clients. Just got into health, life, and disability too. That's been a really interesting play building software there. Hmm. Not as different as I thought it would be. It's uh, amazing. The principles of insurance still apply. It's like discovering gravity still applies when you go somewhere else. You know it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. Well, look, uh, Chad, always good to see you. And thanks for joining us from beautiful Connecticut. Uh, glad to have you on the InsureTech Geek podcast. Thanks for having me, James. Safe flight to Danbury. And uh, thanks to all of you listeners for tuning in to Geek Out episode 93, our interview with Chad Hollingsworth from Insight Risk Technologies. This has been the InsureTech Geek podcast uh, powered by JB Knowledge. That's jbknowledge.com. It's all about transforming and disrupting the insurance world. I've been your host, James Benham. That's jamesbenham.com with co-host Rob Galbraith. That's endofinsurance.com. Big thanks to Jim Greenlee, our podcast producer, Kara Dalton-Alro, our creative producer. And thank you for joining us today. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech. So enjoy the ride and geek out. See you next time.